The following podcast is not actually a podcast at all, but a YouTube video Thomas and I made almost two years ago that inspired the podcast. You can find the audio cassette of this book at camphortree.net, H-O-R, tree, and there is a collection of the stills as well as the audio recording. All right, Thomas, thanks for coming over here today no to problem. listen to... We have two amazing storybooks based on the adventures of the Transformers. Okay. Um... You brought me over, you said you had Oops. books on tape. on And record. And record. Do you, do you have a record player? I do. No. <laughs> Unfortunately, the second book did not come with its own record, so I had to go and get the cassette tapes. Now, the, uh, the, the, one I actually, the cassette I have growing up is actually in here with both stories. This one, I just got to make a cool visual, so here you go. So but, this uh, one, and also as a backup, because this is a 20-year-old tape that I listened to as a lot as a kid. So on this tape, it's, there's just one story. Yeah, but I had both, because I think it came with a storybook. Uh, obviously not these storybooks, because these have record inserts in the back. So mine looked exactly like this, just minus the back. And uh, you asked earlier what company put these out. These were put out by Kid Stuff Records and Tapes. As you can see, they're going off into a magical journey. Uh, when listening to correct cassettes and tapes because they're using their imagination. <laughs> <laughs> so did Kid Stuff actually do anything else besides this Transformers stuff? Uh, let's see, in the inserts, on the inside, oh, look at this. This book belongs to, my name is, my address is, my phone number is, City State. Just in case you lose your book at school, your friends or people you don't know can contact you and give it back to you. It's not just the book, it's the deluxe edition with the record. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. says, uh... Talking Storybook, a delightful, entertaining way to encourage children to read. Stories that children love to hear. Beautiful, full-color storybooks. Word-for-word read-aloud books and exciting sound effects that your imagination wouldn't be able to think of. Wow. Well, here it is. All your favorites, such as Garfield, Pac-Man, Looney Tunes, Raggedy Ann and Andy, Benji, Masters of the Universe, Space Shuttle Columbia. You mean the space shuttle that... <laughs> That was Challenger. Oh, okay? Challenger. <laughs> yeah, I knew exactly what you were thinking. I, I, yeah, I didn't speak it, so it didn't happen. <laughs> 2001 A Space Odyssey for children. I don't think that's a very good movie for a child. <laughs> we got Atari, Strawberry Shortcake, Flash Gordon. Ronald McDonald had his own storybooks back in the day. Care Bears, Chipmunks, Dukes of Hazard. Because, you know, as a kid, we all watch Dukes of Hazzard. I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> fine for a kid. Poochie, whatever that is. Barbie and Friends. I want to watch the Rocky. James Bond for kids. James Rocky for kids. Uh, just commentary of, like, some a of boxing this, match. Some of these are just, like, four of these don't seem like they're for kids. <laughs> I do not know. The next edition Ooh. will be, like, Robocop. <laughs> Aliens. <laughs> Send for your free catalog. Alright, so before we begin though, how did you, what was your first experience with Transformers? I don't actually remember a lot about Transformers when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. uh, I probably started watching or was kind of aware of Transformers only around like the early 90s, like 92 or something like that. Like, so when you were around 10 or so? No, when I was about like 7 or 8. Oh, okay. Yeah, when I first started watching cartoons, the main cartoons I was really into was DuckTales and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Those those two were the cartoons that I spent a lot of time watching. Uh, a lot of the Disney cartoons and stuff like that, like Tailspin and all that. See, I watched all those too, but Transformers is what I watched 
before I could even like you know remember stuff from my memories mm -hmm. because like I remember just it was on the TV when I was in preschool or before going into elementary school because like uh, they, we would just see it all the time. So they, like they when play I, cartoons before you guys went to class. Well, no, um, my parents. Uh, or do you just mean at home? At home, like yeah, we had like uh, these shows we watched because I remember watching Transformers repeats or when they were new, I guess. And but the movie was also broken down into five episodes. So to me, the movie wasn't a movie. It was just what happened in the regular series as oh, you yeah. were watching it. Yeah. The movie to which you have not seen yet, apparently. It's because, not required. Because viewing. your hero <laughs> perishes in that movie. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Can I turn away when that happens? Right. His hero is Starscream, by the way. <laughs> but uh, so, uh, would you like to operate this for us so we can begin? Uh, I mean, I can try. Uh, that just says close. How do you how do you open this? So did you have a cassette player growing up? Yeah. The little up button is eject or pop up. Uh, and you got the tape in here. It makes sure it's on the correct side or it'll automatically stop and you'll wonder what's going on. Side B, side A. Here, flip it up. Okay, so side A. It looks like, so we don't know which the first adventure is going to be, so we'll just find out when the tape tells us. Because I think both are on both sides. So... I also think that, yep, it's plugged into the plug that requires a light switch to operate. <laughs> well, that's great. Alright, now that we got power, we can hit the power button. And now, I'm not sure if you're, you know this, but if you hit this arrow button, it means play. So here we go. Does it mean go to the next track? And then you can follow along with our storybook come on satellite of doom <laughs> i want to hear the story it's gonna about have this those... giant lights lightsaber with this giant diamond on the top <laughs> it's gonna have that things where it's like remember to hear boom to turn the page oh i have fire crawl what's going on just turn the volume up it is up It's set for CD. Oh, you have to no wonder. It. It's set for CD. Uh, Alright, guys. Right here, right here. It's fine. Well, it was on tape before I shut it off. So, it just automatically thinks that everyone must listen to CDs at this point <laughs> in their life. Yeah. Okay, so now we got to rewind, rewind it now. It. See, with the two left buttons, that means rewind, stop, and then play. Might be a little too loud. The static of the cassette tapes coming. Speaker test. <laughs> Hi everyone. Welcome to your Transformers story tape. Sit back and relax. Now it's time to start our first exciting Transformers story. Here we go with Satellite of Doom. Yes, your book. Satellite of Doom. <laughs> Megatron, the evil Decepticon leader, oh, stood on the observation deck inside the tremendous 200-square-mile cavern. It had been hollowed out beneath the fiery surface of Africa's Kalahari Desert. Next to him was his aide, Soundwave. The din of monstrous earth-moving machinery working forced them to yell. How much longer are we going to have to stay under this merciless desert master? Yelled Soundwave. As long as it takes to complete our task here. Megatron snarled. Okay. 
Soundwave would never be that annoying. Because this blasted sand keeps getting in my cassette drives and it's fouling everybody else's transmissions okay, too. I don't know much about well, Transformers. <laughs> I don't when recall Soundwave having just like a normal human voice like that. <laughs> well, remember this is low budget, so they're just having people speak in, like into fishbowls or in their parents' closet to record the audio. For, you know, to make sure it sounds almost like a robot. Oh, this is terrible. <laughs> We're the the greedy carbon-based humanoids here to perform the excavation and loading of the chamber for us there, using false promises of vast wealth. Is this Megatron? Yeah. yeah. It's like his accent changed. Ironically amusing. Ironically amusing. It's certainly one of your better jokes, all-powerful Megatron. Oh, are those the Constructicons yellow instead Moments of later, The roaring turbine drives of another huge Decepticon coal transporter losing a few of them yeah. as it ended its long journey. Yeah, I think he was actually as pretty the tons good of at narrating. Out, slaves worked like ants, bulldozing it to those parts of the chamber not yet packed from floor to ceiling. What volume of coal is inside now? Megatron demanded. 400 billion cubic yards, master. It's the largest single concentration of coal on this planet. Wow. Only two more loads to go. What happened? How far in the future is this where they've run out of energon? Are the, are the lectinite charges in place? Well, master, almost. You see the sand and transmission problems? Almost. Everything will be completed on time, mighty Megatron. The entire cavern will be filled within a cocoon of lectinite explosives, just as you ordered. Your worthless mega-life depends on that Soundwave. <laughs> so, basically Soundwave and Starscream are the same character in this book. That's blasphemy. That's blasphemy. <laughs> They're saying that neither one is good enough to stand by themselves, now they just he, combine them? Because in, in, the, in Megatron would never harass Soundwave like that because he knows he's loyal. Yeah. This is one of those early books, like, if you look at the year, I'm pretty sure... I think it said it was it, 86, the tape. Yeah, well, see, they... 85 is the, this book. Uh, so it probably came out the very year the cartoons were coming out. So what they were doing, they oh, were planning everything. So, like, the storybook I've also got from back there, you can tell, like, they were made the year of, which means they were in development along with everything else. So some stuff's gonna get lost along the way about who does what, who acts like what, mm -hmm. things like that. But it's still pretty consistent as far as, like, all the designs and everything goes. Skyfire, the Autobot Air Guardian, screamed in low over the lifeless Wait. figure lying on the desert Skyfire. floor and then shot straight up into the sky. Skyfire's coded signal filled the Autobot Command Center, where an impatient Optimus Prime, the fearless Autobot leader, and his right-hand Prowl listened was... intently. The Decepticons are out there somewhere, Prowl. I know it. We tracked their transport to the area until it disappeared from our screens. What vicious scheme can the evil Megatron be hatching now? Perhaps that Earthling lying out there holds the answer, Chief. He's totally unconscious and beyond answering questions. Not once the sensor drone reaches him and at that, the computer sprang like to life, and the printer began Megatron spitting out the results. The same guy. Optimus Prime was puzzled. Slaves? A 200 square mile block of coal? What for? Oh, their computer's processing hard to figure that out. <laughs> the Decepticon command ship blasted off. Its enormous rocket drives created a dust storm the size of a large city. 
the lights from the control console cast an eerie glow across the like evil impassivity of Megatron's face. The most gun-for Megatron has ever been. I have to listen to the vile well, curses and screaming. That's because Megatron is his action figure drawing, not the no, animated no. series drawing. Uh, they certainly weren't happy about being left sealed up with all that coal. The slave's carbon base will soon join the carbon base of the coal. Thus create... Hold on a second. Did did Megatron just kill every single one of his slaves in that mountain? All the humans? Did we just witness like a ton of humans just get killed by in a children's book? Yeah. Huh, let's look here. Listen, listen to at, what he says. At least we no longer have to listen to their curses and screamings after they set off their rocket ship that created a dust storm. They weren't happy about being left sealed up. Well, you know, the story's not over. It's possible the Autobots could go in and rescue them all, so we'll see. Stay tuned. All right. The largest lens in the universe. <laughs> Normally, it would have taken millions of Earth years and multi-tons of pressure to form the diamond I need. But with my genius and the force of the tons of light tonight, I shall create that crystal at the press of a button. And with that, Megatron released an explosion, the force of which the world had never seen, not even in its most powerful H-bomb. The explosion left in its wake the largest diamond ever formed. Attack anti-gravity lifters and secure crystal for towing Roger, master. Alright, here's why I think the humans are still alive. Megatron used that massive explosive explosion bigger than the H-bomb in uh, the Sahara Desert, where no humans can be harmed because it's a children's story. So, that makes me think the humans are sealed and still alive. How long, though? We'll see. They might run out of air soon. The Decepticon satellite launching complex lay isolated, deep in the steaming jungles of Brazil's Mato Grosso. Megatron supervised the final laser cuts for the refraction surfaces on the monstrous diamond satellite. T minus diamond satellite. Why are you looking so grim? The humidity, Master. My cassette drives. It's as bad as the sand from the desert. Have <laughs> no fear. Soon we Decepticons will have all the oil we need to bathe and protect our drives and transmissions. <laughs> I cannot wait for each tiny puddle of oil on this miserable planet to fall into our hands. Therefore, with my crystal satellite, I shall have a lens powerful enough to focus the puny energy of that tiny sun and melt the entire mountain range they call the Rockies, turning it into an ocean of oil. And from that oil, my refineries will supply us with the fuel for the final defeat Is your brain of the breaking over there? and the conquest of the universe. But as Megatron spoke, he failed to notice Bumblebee, the hovering Autobot spy, surveying their activity. I like how they're... So his plan is to melt... He blows up... He gets humans to work for him in the Sahara Desert, underground. Uh, blows it up, all the coal they've collected to make a diamond. Travels to Brazil to focus said diamond into America on the Rockies. To melt the snow so that the snow turns into oil somehow... And they collect that oil because Energon doesn't exist in these storybooks. And also, Soundwave is still an annoying complainer, just like Starscream all the time. Only without trying to overthrow him. Do I don't I? like that. 
the overthrowing is what makes him an interesting character. Here he's just, this guy's just a whiner, he's not even, he could, this, this guy could be replaced with anybody, like, and, uh, any of the Decepticons right now, and it would probably match some of them, but not Soundwave. But unfortunately, as you guys will eventually see, that there's only, uh, two Decepticons so far. And I'm, well, there's no other henchmen. There hasn't been any pictures. Of well, there's any. three, and apparently there's three uh, Autobots too. There's Bumblebee, Skyfire. Oh no, there's Prowl and Optimus. Yeah, so we got Prowl them. and Bumblebee were mentioned. We still haven't seen them. First, the rumble of pre-ignition began on the giant Decepticon crystal satellite propulsion vehicle. Then the main ignition kicked in with a blast that sent shockwaves reverberating along the ground and through the jungle foliage and air alike. But as the launch vehicle began to rise, a super jet appeared. Attack, brave Autobot Skyfire! Attack! Optimus Prime ordered over the command channel, breaking radio silence. Destroy Megatron and this newest tool of his evil imagination! The explosive wow. fury of Skyfire's null rays and missiles was too late, however, as the launch vehicle shrugged them off and rose up through the atmosphere into space. Optimus Prime, you have met your match! Megatron gloated as he detonated an explosive charge, destroying the launch complex. Then he and the Decepticons punched in their afterburners and made a strategic withdrawal to await the fruits of their foul plan. So the Autobots just failed everybody. Break. Never before had the Earth been so vulnerable and unsuspecting. And it was all a result of the diabolic design of the villainous leader of the Decepticons, Megatron. Every cartoon in the 80s did something like that. an enormous diamond lens like satellite into space the over the North American the continent, he was now preparing to fix its position so he could bring the, the full extent of the sun's like energy to bear and now. melt the yeah. rocky mountains into an ocean of oil. That oil would be used to fuel his corrupt pursuit of universal oh, he's domination. The entire mountain. Therefore, buried oils, deep so inside yeah. a remote location in Northeast America, Megatron and Soundwave concentrated at the controls in the Decepticon ground station as they made the final adjustments to the satellite. Two second burn on the starboard attitude thruster. Megatron ordered. Roger, Master. Shut down all engines. Roger. All engines shut down at this time. No, the satellite lens is in a fixed orbit over its target here. When the first rays of the sun strike it, the fun will begin. Oh man, <laughs> Earth's in danger. Losing in the Rocky Autobot Mountains. Command Center, oh. Optimus Prime and Prowl on with one yeah. were also monitoring range. these last movements of the Decepticon satellite as it assumed its stationary position far out like, in space. That's it, Chief. <laughs> It looks like they're on station. And Optimus is like, no, Shut turn around. Look behind you. <laughs> Here comes the sun. But wait! Look, Chief! The refraction facets of the lens are beginning to focus a beam of sunlight! Optimus Prime interrupted with shock and disbelieving horror, understanding suddenly and full well the terrible weight of the consequences of Megatron's fiendish plan. The energy of hundreds of millions of hydrogen bombs concentrated on a confined area like that is going to precipitate disastrous and deadly results. Cartoon science, everyone. I heat all right, Chief. Millions will perish in the ensuing calamity of Megatron's debased thinking. 
debased thinking. That's a new one I never heard from my children. scorching rays of the satellite beam began to sear the mountains, the surface temperature of the ground jumped upward ten times a thousand fold. Jesus. Everyone would be dead. burst into violent flames, and tons of smoke and soot began to rain down on the continent. Then the rocks began to liquefy, slowly at first, secreting the moisture held tightly for eons within the granite and shale. Finally, very sweating out the first blood. signs of the precious black fluid so dear to Megatron's callous heart. Then the heat factor began to soar at a rate beyond imagination, and the last bastion of geologic formation wilted before it, changing so from a solid wordy. state to a where is we have to know everything that's going on in the Rocky Mountains. Flowed into rivers and then formed into lakes. Lakes, lakes of oil? Threatened to it's engulf Los Angeles and the entire west coast. At an ever-increasing speed, it also began moving eastward, menacing small desert towns as its volume doubled and redoubled. That's crazy. The the, the rate? This is, like, this is like flash speed kind of stuff. Like, how can you... Okay, and this is not something that you can recover from after the Autobots save the day like they will, yeah. this is going to be like, oh, we saved the day, and North everyone's just going to point to North America and be like, we have no more mountains. Yeah, it, <laughs> they went immediately from the Rocky Mountains to the West Coast and to the East Coast. Like, the the, the states in between, they're destroyed. That's it. All yeah. those people are dead. <laughs> I like how... It just reminds me of, what is it? Uh, there was an episode of Justice League a long time ago mm. where someone's trying to use global warming to make all the ice caps start melting. Uh -huh. So they're all battling in the Antarctica and everything's going and falling around. I was like, this is not something you just save after you fight the bad guy. I mean, there's lasting, there's damage, lasting there. damage after this. Are you just going to take a giant AC back up there to freeze the ice caps again? Not possessing the perfect weapon needed to destroy the satellite and not having space. the luxury of time to come up yeah, with a variety of solutions, that, just Optimus Prime quickly improvised. Instead of the lens back. was beyond all the guidance because of him. Not remembering because his the own abilities. necessary to reach it was more than he could carry. But with Ratchet's mechanical wizardry, he was prepared to try something. Oh, is it Skyfire ready, Prowl? What's holding things up? Ratchet appeared out of nowhere. Ratchet's good, Chief, but he's only mechanical. Skyfire will be online as soon as Ratchet has the auxiliary booster tanks attached and fueled up. Ah, there we go. That's it, Chief! Ratchet just gave me the go-ahead! Launch then! Immediately! The Autobot Air Guardian roared into space, knowing he would not have enough fuel to return safely from his mission. No. And at his fuel limit, he released a barrage of null rays and missiles that concentrated in a mighty display of explosive power. The humans will come out of the Sahara Desert to save him. Station, Megatron slapped Soundwave across the back so hard in a fit of glee that he almost popped Soundwave's cassette right out of his chest. Did you see that? Not a scratch, not even close. They cannot touch us. <laughs> Optimus Prime, prepare to meet your mechanic. Absolutely all-powerful Megatron. And did you see how the Autobot superjet burned on re-entry into the atmosphere? That was nice, too. But although time and options were limited, Optimus Prime still had a card up his sleeve. He had instructed Ratchet to weld together a square-mile sheet of polished metal. And now, when using electromagnetic happen? lift, a squadron of Autobots <laughs> was flying the metal sheet into position between the satellite lens and its focal point on the Earth's surface. Look, mighty Megatron! Soundwave said in a confused manner as he pointed at the video monitor. The Autobots are up to something funny with that giant metal mirror! 
Megatron screamed as the mirror intercepted the satellite's beam and bounced it spaceward again. Okay, hold on. Go back. See that picture right here? In the picture, they're clearly in space with the metal blocking. Yep. But in the description, they are obviously standing or up a little bit in the air where they know the laser is reflecting because the Autobots can't go into space. Neither does it say in the description that they're actually in space. They don't have the boosters that Skyfire had either. Yeah. So, anyway, I think our story's about to conclude. The moment the reversed beam struck the satellite, it instantly exploded into millions of crystal shards with a force so tremendous that tides on Earth were raised ten feet. And using the <laughs> Just more destruction. Desperate instructions Just to his creation, Optimus Prime <laughs> launched an all-out attack of Autobots on the Decepticon ground station. Using special thermo-excavator missiles, they peeled open Megatron's underground lair like a tin can. Optimus Prime, you metallic nemesis! Megatron roared in his exposed fury. One day I will remove the yoke of your existence from around my neck. I shall erase your very mechanical remains from the face of the universe. Master, quickly, into the turbine mole machine. I mean, like, the Megatron and Soundwave drove deep into the earth in their escape leaving only the tailings really of the borehole like and destruction behind them for the first Autobot scouts to find. For the moment, the planet was safe again. Was it? But the battle continues. Wow. That story, uh, I don't know if they had an editor kind of check that out and go over some of that lore. I know. <laughs> the, uh... Wow. So, that's Transformers Satellite, Satellite of, of Doom. Doom. One thing I don't understand about this story is uh, those humans didn't come back. Megatron sealed the, quote, sealed those humans under the Sahara Desert even though you saw an explosion in the background. They ain't coming out of that cave after a, if an explosive bigger than the H-bomb is on top of them, I'm pretty sure it's collapsing the tunnel on top of them. Yep. Yep, and uh, I think they were well aware of that. They never mentioned them again. <laughs> Optimus didn't go save them. How long did it take for them to build that square mile piece of mirror? Yeah, and the, the attach those rocket boosters to Skyfire. I mean, it like uh, not all, it doesn't. It's just like the. I'm surprised no editor said, uh, "Guys, we just killed a lot of humans in our storybook for kids." And not only that, if you uh. So they're borrowing, like, oh, let's just use that Ninja Turtles uh, thing, that, and they can escape in that. That's yeah, fine. they're heading down to the Technodrome. <laughs> and uh, the and uh, the world's not saved. There's still millions of miles of oil in the United States. That's correct. That they can just pop up in their little thing, take some oil, and leave. And what are they going to do? Well, in the cartoon, anytime Megatron's like, hey, guys, I'm here doing something, the Autobots are like, let's go. And then the minute, like, you know, Starscream picks up block number two, they're there, but the minute he's picking up block number three, or Energon Cube number three, even though they were like 80 states away or something like that, you yeah. know. But uh, apparently America will be all right with all that new oil they have. Yeah. They're the number one oil superpower now. <laughs> <laughs> Here's one thing I never understood is, I watched one of the Transformers shows, and uh, this sentence reminded me of it because he says, I will remove the yoke of your existence. Transformers don't have eggs to be able to say that. Yeah. So it's like a, like there was one of the, um, the Transformers shows I watched. They were always making 
horrible, lame, like, I'll get you blah 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 things, or I'll burn you like a sunburn, or something weird like that. I was like, but Transformers don't get sunburned. Yeah, kind how, of. How do they make a joke like that? Afflictions that humans would have to deal with. Yeah, I mean, it's so kids can relate, I guess, yeah. to these giant hulking monstrosities of, <laughs> of machines. So what did you think of Satellite of Doom? Your final thoughts on that? I like that one. I'm glad that one came up first. It actually seemed like the more interesting one from that cover, but who knows? This might be equally as crazy. Oh yeah, I was trying to see if it actually labeled the writer uh, of the book in any way, because look at that. It already tells you Autobots, Transformers, Decepticons, Optimus Prime, Prowl, Megatron, Soundwave, Skyfire, Bumblebee, and Ratchet are trademarks Hasbro Bradley. Registered U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. Yeah, there's nothing in here that indicates the writer for this one. Hi, everybody. This is your Transformers read-along book. Every time you hear this sound, it means it's time to turn the page in your storybook. Now, if you are ready, we will start the story, Satellite of Doom. Don't forget to turn the page every time you hear the sound.